the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Backward, going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Backward, rolling, throwing, caught, caught, touchdown. Pass, caught, got it, touchdown. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl. And they have sealed the deal. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday, post-Super Bowl Monday, our favorite day of the year, one of our favorite days of the year, really. It's a show that we could do for six hours. We'll try to get all of it. I'll try to get to all of it. Good stuff. Good game yesterday. We'll give a grade on the game. A lot of future stuff. How we did betting-wise. You know we were all into the halftime show. Maybe you weren't. We'll get into that. The commercials. I'm always into the commercials. And we had a lot of star power in this game. And a lot of post-game talk about, you know, greatest this, Hall of Fame that. So we'll get to all of it here over the course of the next three hours. Willie Ramirez in the Finley Toyota Studios. Ari is here as well. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, Willie, what would you do for the game yesterday? What was your setting? Because everyone's setting is, uh, you know, a little bit different, and it also, I think, uh, changes some of the takes on what went down. So were you at home, nice and quiet? Nice and quiet. Uh, made a really stellar meal in the midst of this it was the final. It was the final day of the second week of the twenty-one day challenge. So um, I made a nice, huge steak with some shrimp and some veggies, and and uh, made the pup, of course, a, a, a nice meal. And the steak we, as well, of course. He had ground turkey. Okay, but we did definitely hang out. I will say this, and we're going to get to a lot of this. I know, but I got to say, Kalua reacted to however I did, and when I stood up at halftime and danced the entire time, this kid in his own way, was dancing right along with me. It was pretty strong. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, game itself, how would you grade it? Give me, uh, give me a letter grade. A. Right off the bat. Now, we're going to go back and forth throughout just the this game. Show. Yeah, just the game. Okay. I will say just the game, a B, mm-hmm. the entire experience, commercials and halftime show, A+. plus. Okay. I just felt that we saw... We're going to go over this, and I felt that... There's so many intangibles as to why the Bengals got back into it, but in reality, it it happened quickly. It wasn't as if they got dominated at some point. There was maybe early on, but I felt Cincinnati showed some life early. The Rams came on strong, but 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 we saw the potential there. And when the door opened, the Bengals did what they do, and then it went right down to the end. So I thought overall. Realistically, on both sides of the ball with both teams, we saw flashes of brilliance in pockets of areas throughout the game that I feel made it a really good game. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say one of the greatest games ever because I've not even watched all 56 Super Bowls. I was born when, you know, in '69 when your boys won it. But the fact of the matter is. I watched a good portion of them, and that was a fantastic game. It was a good, entertaining game. It was a culmination of a fantastic playoff season. And it was, I will say this, B. 
between two teams that nobody was like, eh, is, is, is it that exciting of a matchup? Is this something we want to see? I thought they put on a show. I heard some people who have teams that did not make the Super Bowl saying that their team could have beat of course. these teams. Of course. You know, because I think, uh, you know, I gave it a B, but I think what, what lowers it to a B for casuals is the fact that there was a lot of good defense played in the middle of the game. And you remember what I said yesterday after the Westgate Sunday football preview show, our SB 56 special? Jay Cornegay came on yeah. under. Adam Candy was on, under. You were there, under. I made my pick, under. And I stood up and I was like, oh boy. Ooh. I might have said it on the air, like, oh boy. Are we in trouble here? Then I then I turned, you know, I'm watching the, the pregame with NBC and it's always like a real interesting deal when they pick the winner. Yeah. And it was eight to one Rams. I'm like, Lordy. Clear sign to go bet the Boy, Bengals, at and, least plus the points. And, and it actually worked out. They didn't win the game, yeah. which we keep saying like this, this. I love the Monday after the Super Bowl show because, like I said, we get to the end, and I'm like, oh, we left like three more hours on the cutting room floor. We'll get into this with Dave Koken, who's coming up today at 445. The other, you know, the other great angle is the books made out like freaking bandits because of the Bengals' money line. Because what happens when people walk up to the window? Casuals and out-of-towners. What happens? Right? You've been around books. You're savvy. You're dropping a lot of money for yourself and others. Um, <laughs> but I work behind the counter. You could say it. I and, the, and that day, when you have a lot of people who don't know about betting, you have a couple of things. One, hey, I want the Bengals to win. There's no betting number. And you explain to them. You can win 17 bucks for every 10 with the money line, but you could take the points at four, four and a half. And what do they say? Money line. Yep. Well, you, or if they don't even know, they don't even want to know what it means. I just want to know. I just want them to win. Just give it to me to win, whatever right. that well, is. Well, I would, I would, I would try to explain it to them. Right. No, not, no, no. I get not it. screw them over because right. you don't, you know, if they, if they, you know, two hours later, someone's like, hey, why didn't you take the points? Right, well, right. they didn't explain that to me. So you have that. And then you have the other side of it, which is people are like, they just want to put a bet on the game. Right. And they walk up and they're like, I want to bet the Rams to win. Well, sir, ma'am, that's 20 to win 10. Oh, what's the other side? Well, if you bet 10, you win 17 with the Bengals. I'll take that. Right. So you had a ton of money line betters on the Bengals. So they cover. All those people passed on the point spread. They don't win. So we'll see what the numbers are like. But the books uh, had the books had a pretty good day because the other thing is you had some offensive overs. But it was balanced out with some low numbers by individuals. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't get destroyed on – they priced Cooper Cup accurately. Like, that was another thing. I'm like, wow, this guy is favored yeah. to score a touchdown. At You know, went from like 150 to 170. I don't know what it was at the very end. I saw that three hours before the game. Um, but you minimize your damage on that because you got a price on it. So that – I thought that was really interesting. But I, I think the way the game played out, almost every star – had their moment and was a key contributor in the game. So it was the whole experience was was cool. I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'll look back and go, hey, it was one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. Right. But it was damn good. Yeah, it was. It was it was damn good considering the matchup that we got didn't expect and we're unsure of the expectations we should place on these units. And and one is because you have this dynamic Rams team that was 
you know, pieced together. And then you have this shocking of a team that is not only young, but you don't even know what they're going to do on the big stage and if they're going to hold up and if it's going to be a route. What it, you don't, you just we just didn't know what to expect. And you know, you you mentioned that every star had its day, but also we talked about this on the Super Bowl uh, Fifty Six preview show. Is we talked about the supporting cast and would they even get a chance to do something? Boy. Higgins isn't a supporting role player. He's a key component. But I talked about how over receiving yards because if they're focusing on Chase. Well, what I thought was funny is both Adam Candy and I yesterday were talking about how, well, if they're going to focus on Chase, you want to get the over on Boyd and Higgins. And it, it didn't matter because Chase got his, Higgins got his, Boyd got his. I mean, at some like I said, at some point, Burrow was hitting his targets, and they, they were moving the ball. And Akers... Didn't get my over on them receiving yards, but he had some, and he got uh, what wasn't it first reception? First by the reception. Rest? I texted him in cap. I texted. Oh no, no, no! Excuse me. I tweeted Candy to Candy. Touted it. It was a yeah. twenty to one bet. Cam yeah. Akers first reception. Yeah. Got it. I, t- I tweeted to him immediately. I texted you right after the game. Said, "Can't wait for tomorrow's show or something to that yeah. effect." Yeah, that was that was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. And the other big prediction by a lot of people before the game was the defensive line of the Rams against, especially the right side, the center and right side of the Bengals' offensive line. And then when you watch the game play out, the guy got sacked seven times. And on the two biggest plays of the game, the middle couldn't hold on a run on third down. And Aaron Donald built or beat what seemed like a freaking quadruple team all day, and he beat it for the final play of the game. So it was... It was awesome the way the game, the game turned out. We'll get into our betting a little later. I, I didn't win. I had a couple of things go wrong. I played about 15 different prop bets. Yeah. And just a few things like that. The 75-yard weird play yes. with Jalen Ramsey's head ripped off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that didn't help me because, like I told you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play against you know the, the overs. And sure. I was kind of playing kicking game stuff. And I also, I there were good numbers on the Bengals to win total yards. And because they couldn't get that first down. It finished, I think, I'll check again. Last night it was 313 to 305. Like, ah, I get the Bengals by a little bit. And I had a couple of couple of nice plays there, but Rams did it, man. They made two big plays when you need to make them. You know, the one that I, uh, or the two I made, I was 1 0 and 1. Got my money back on one, but was that the Rams would score more points in the first half than they would in the second. And I bet the Bengals would score more points in the second half than they'd do in the first. Got the Rams in. Pushed on the Bengals ten to ten and ten in both halves. Um, yeah. So, but like you said, I'm not going to go down the list. But I brought. But I, brought, well, I want to hear it later. You, yeah, yeah. I, 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 got, I got the handwritten list. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would definitely want to hear it later. We'll uh, we'll talk to Dave Koken at 4:45 today for a uh, betting recap of Super Bowl 56. On the way back, let's talk about uh, Pat Stafford. As people used to mock on him, uh, calling him a stupid name, he came up big. And then let's get into the MVP. Is there a real discussion about who the MVP was and should have been? Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Do I think that they could have gotten back to a Super Bowl eventually with Jared Goff? I personally do, but Sean McVay's job would have been that much harder. Matthew Stafford has 45 fourth-quarter comeback wins in his career, including the playoffs. That Jared Goff can't do that, and Jared Goff probably wouldn't have done that. 
You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Keyshawn of our uh, national morning show. Keyshawn, of course, uh, former Jet and Buck and Cowboy and on many other teams. He's right. He's right. I think he should have been stronger with that. The Rams would have no chance to win with Jared Goff. None. And, and that's where we have to give so much credit to Matt Stafford. Some of the passes he hit on yesterday, there's like five five guys in the NFL who can hit on those. Yeah. And the other part of it that was amazing, you know, we were talking during the break about the uh, the the pad Stafford moniker that some in the media gave him that he just piled up stats and didn't win. Well, you know, when your organization sucks and you don't have a surrounding cast, it is freaking hard to win. And that's what Matt Stafford went through for, what, 12 years in Detroit. When you have a decent supporting cast, and I would say this is an above average supporting cast, then you really have a chance to win. Now there, But there is a difference between if you, if you actually watch the games, and I can't wait to talk to Caleb Herring in the middle of the week. Yeah, he's a quarterback whisperer and can really kind of break down what sort of coverage he was seeing and the kind of throws he had to make. I mean, the other big thing is they really don't have a third receiver. Van Jefferson is probably closer to a fourth or fifth. Their starting tight end is out. Like the entire world knows once Beckham goes down, we know where they're going. It's it, it Stafford to Cooper Cup. So on top of that, like then you've got to find a way to get it to Cooper Cup when everyone on the field and in the stands and watching on TV knows that's who it's going to. And that's why we saw so many times, and you heard Al Michaels say, and and is that is why the Bengals were able to stop the Rams' rushing game. The Rams couldn't do anything on the ground from that point until that last drive. They realistically just they. So that's the other one. So they were basically a, a one facet offense with they only turned, a passing a one game and, offense and, and, and one main target. Right, and then you put you put all the pressure on that last drive and. You know, and as much as we want to give Matthew Stafford credit, obviously you have to give Cooper Cup credit because, you know, he he was in a sense blanketed in coverage, but it's one of those situations where you could just tell, you can't hear, you can't read lips, but with the way that the direction of, of the, the throws, the coverage, the how he turned to catch ball, it was, you could hear him in the huddle saying, just get me the ball. Just throw me the ball because yeah. that's I mean, what the, it seemed like. It was one of those things, you know, you know, from our days in in, in light pole football, and you're and you're huddled up before someone is snapping you the ball in the middle of the street, and be like, just run down to the Cadillac, take a left, just throw the ball, I'll be there. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. And the, the winning touchdown pass was great route, perfectly placed pass. That's it. Get it in that vicinity. I'll catch it. I'll be there. And that's what the great quarterback wide receiver combos do. Carr and Hunter Renfro, not quite on the level because, you know, Cooper Cup had 500 catches this year. But, he, he you know what, he and Waller for Derek Carr are – it's in that realm. It's funny. It's you, in that realm. If you if you get the ball near those guys and you see Carr throw a lot of passes before the turn has been made on the route, and that's what happens all the time with Stafford and Cup. It's the ball's funny. out and Cup is still finishing off his route. It's funny you say you bring those two up. The flea flicker that didn't work. The little, right? There was a little reverse, and then came back and he tried to throw it, and he and he misfired. I had it. I had the tweet typed out. I was like, nah. And it was going to say, and it was going to tag them and put Hunter Renfro would have completed that to Derek Carr. 
I, just just for fun, just to just to rile some people up, but I didn't tweet it. Out. That was another cool element of the game is there were some you know ballsy plays from a creativity standpoint, yeah. especially when it counted the end around a cup for the first down near midfield. Yep. That was awesome. Execution, a ballsy play call. They didn't expect it. And then, yeah, trying multiple passes with non-quarterbacks Mixon, on both sides. That was cool. Mixon's touchdown throw. It was a good pass. Fantastic. And he hadn't thrown a pass in a game in five years. It was nuts. It was great. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Aaron Donald is starting to get in the Michael Jordan treatment right now where he's so great that you expect it all the time, and you don't want to keep giving the same guy the MVP all the time. But definitely last night, that game, when the game was on the line, when they needed it, the MVP stepped up and made you know two unbelievable plays, second quarterback, and, and definitely should have been Aaron Donald for the um, MVP. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Talk there about Aaron Donald. Should he have been the MVP? My opinion, yes. I felt that he had a bigger impact for all 60 minutes of the game where Cooper Cup, he had spot moments, but he was big on the last drive. He wasn't, you know, if, if let me ask you this, who was the MVP in your eyes in the first quarter? Who was on his way to be the MVP? Beckham. Exactly. And then the Bengals took over and had the momentum. Cooper cup didn't take over until the last drive. So he was intermittently with that offense, but we were talking about Odell Beckham people just in general. I say, we you're watching the game going, man, OBJ came to play. This is his game. Good for him. You know, you're kind of, well, unless you're in Cleveland. Um, but for the most part, all we were talking about the entire game was Aaron Donald, right? And we talked about this on the Super Bowl uh, preview show in how special that rushing unit was because I talked about the Bengals were edge rushers, but the interior rushing that the Rams specialize in between the different guys, right? Vaughn Miller, uh, Leonard, what's his Floyd, uh, Floyd, and uh, and Aaron Donald, and what they create within, and being able to charge up into that instead of coming around that edge. Those guys have that down pat. I mean, we saw how many times did the kid hit the ground? Seven times. But Aaron Donald was, you know, he 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 allows the other guys to thrive. In, in in rushing situations because you're focusing on him. You're trying to stop him. Your your eyes are on him. And then, oh, oh by the way, here comes Vaughn Miller. Oh, by the way, here comes Leonard Ford. So it, it, he, I believe, was overall the MVP of that game. Yeah, one of my prop bets was uh, Hendrickson, yeah. sacks, yes, no, or a sack, yes, no. No, he got it early. Aaron Donald, no sack. He got two. I think one of the the real overlooked things in the game, I, I heard people saying Cup deserved it. Aaron Donald didn't do a whole lot in the first half, folks. You got to watch what he's doing on in the you know in the middle of that line against that offensive line and opening things up for others. You don't get seven sacks or five additional sacks beyond Donald if he's not taking two and three guys. They There's an impact an inside guy in the NFL or yeah. really any you know football level can make where you don't pile up stats. But, I mean, come on. Vita Vea is ridiculous. When he's not going to finish a year with 18 sacks, but the fact that you've got to have two and three guys on him, 
it opens things up for everyone. Right. When you see the targets that, you know, when you see Joe Burrow at his best and you see him utilizing his targets like he did yesterday, and then you look and you go, oh, well, they had 10 points in the first half, 10 points in the second half. That, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is a field goal and a touchdown, field goal and a touchdown. Something was working on that Rams defensive line. I had, uh, I think that was the one of the only props where I agreed to lay the juice. Um, it had jumped from, it was like over five and a half to like minus, it opened like minus 115 where I played it. And when I got there yesterday morning before I headed down to the show, it was minus 130 and I didn't care. I lo- I, and I mean, the Rams got me there alone. So, not fighting on Cooper Cup. Because he did have a really big game, and like I said, you know that offense was hamstrung with the injuries before and during the game. It's, it's, but it's, I do wonder what happens. It seems like in the past, if there was a chance to give not only a performance-based MVP but a legacy MVP in a game like that, Aaron Donald would have gotten it. And I mean, come on, the, the last two plays. Now, Cop has to put him ahead with the touchdown. Yeah, but the last two plays. I mean, that's another one of those when you watch football games. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of times people just kind of overlook what happened and don't concentrate on what happened in the middle of the line because sometimes you really can't see someone tackle. Samaj so P. Ryan has the first down. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. It is done on whatever it was third and two. He's there, but he I think he was so surprised that all of a sudden Donald freed himself, gets him around the waist. And by the way, Samaj so P. Ryan is not, you know. 5'9 and 190. He is a freaking truck. And Aaron Donald grabs him, grabs another giant human being by the waist and, and with the momentum not really going towards him and just freaking powers it down. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned legacy. What if, because the conversation since the game has ended to today with Aaron Donald is, is he going to hang it up? I got news for you. If Aaron Donald announces before this game, this is going to be my final game, or before the season, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, then he gets it. He gets it. Then he gets it. But I, I got no problem with it. I got no problem with. Uh, I got no problem with Cup. Let me just say that too. I don't have a problem with them naming him the MVP. It's that's subjective. But you, me, if we are in a press box, just like I was at the Pro Bowl, we all have a vote. You're asking me my vote. My vote would have been Aaron Donald. Mine probably would have been as well. But I wouldn't be mad. Exactly, but I don't have a problem with and I, I also media. never understood the narrative. People before the game, a lot of media folks are like, no shot. Anyone beyond a quarterback is the MVP. Didn't like, we talk you, about you have it a guy yesterday? who is the offensive player of the year trucking towards freaking north of 150 catches for the season. You've got one of the best defensive players of this era. You had Jamar Chase, who was unbelievable. Of course, one of those guys had a chance to win. I can't remember if it was Adam or Murray. Somebody talked about, because you brought up the MVP. I thought somebody brought up and said Aaron Donald was like the, maybe it was Adam. But somebody said on this MVP list, who's the one that you will pull out and say, you know, you, you got your quarterbacks. They're nor-, but And I thought someone said Aaron Donald. It wasn't me, but maybe it was Adam. But someone talked about it yesterday on the show. Oh, people, people nailed it. Some people nailed it. Didn't go with the... What was that? Would that go off at? Do we know? Eight to one? No, it had to have been higher. It's defensive player. Probably 15 to one. So Stafford finishes the game 26 of 40, 283, 
three touchdowns. I think the two interceptions probably did him in in terms of getting the MVP. You heard on uh, one of the comeback moments of this show, um, this is a guy on a who was on a terrible team for years, yep. and that was his 45th game-winning drive since 2009. And I'll throw something else in there. I don't know if it'll come out today, tomorrow. Maybe I'm trying to play doctor and I have no clue what I'm talking about, but I thought there was a chance that the narrative of the entire game was going to change in the second half with both Stafford going down with what looked like a really nasty a nasty roll of the ankle yeah, and Joe Burrow going down. His right knee gets twisted and he's on Ooh. the ground like, ah! Yeah, you know, was- you see the replay and everyone... I think a lot of, like, where I was watching the game, people weren't paying attention, and I was like, watch watch him on the bottom. That does not look good. And then Burrow's like, get out of here to the trainers. But for Stafford, I don't know how badly he was hurt. I don't know what they were able to, you know, poke, that poke, was, yeah. get in there. But that well, looked like it, because he, he walked off the field, he was limping pretty badly. So the I'm sure they just retaped it super tight. Yeah, they tapped but his ankle. He had a gut, both of those guys had to gut it out. Yeah. You got to give it I to I like him. Stafford. I liked him in the post-game interview. Um you may think he's boring, but he's incredibly humble. He gave all the credit to his teammates. And it doesn't mean I don't like Burrow. Yeah, like I like Burrow a lot. You know, he's a bigger personality. Uh, but both guys are are guys you can root for. You know what I think probably why people don't like Stafford more more than anything is that of all the things like you mentioned, Pat Stafford, right? Or people that don't like him, or he's boring, or he's just he doesn't seem to be like a guy, and Burrow seems to be in this same mold also. Nobody gets under their skin. Like he, do, they don't fire back. They're not agitated easily. That pisses people off when you can't get under somebody's skin, and they don't fire back. I mean, think about it. It's like, it's like social media, right? How many people they take jabs on social media? You don't answer back. Oh, I'm gonna unfollow you or block you or this or that. But they want that. They want that banter. They want you to. They want you to argue and fight. Stafford really doesn't get agitated, and I think that's why people don't like him. So that's why he wears the boring tag. Oh, he's not. He goes out and does his job. He goes out and wins. First time with the Raiders, or first uh, season with the Rams, excuse me. And they bring in everything that he needs. Maybe he got exactly what he deserved after all these years, and he wasn't just padding stats. Maybe it was the Lions. Running Rebels are back in action on Wednesday. They'll be on the road taking on a pretty solid Fresno team that handled them pretty good here at the Thomas and Mac. PT's Pub is the site. It's brought to you by Miller Lite. $10 Miller Lite pitchers. You get great prizes like UNLV cornhole games, shirts, hats, plus a chance to enter for a staycation at the Strat. Also, you can win beer for a year from Miller Lite. It all goes down this Tuesday, check that, Wednesday, Wednesday, UNLV at Fresno State. A little later, game start, 7.30, and Tyler Bischoff will be on the scene at PT's Pub there. Tropicana near Maryland. Yeah, and since Fresno's win, they they came here, beat them up, then they went home and beat Utah State, but they haven't necessarily been playing up to that potential. They've lost... Well, they're not that they're, they're not that good. So when, when I watched them here, I was like, this team should not be out to. I think they got up by as many as fourteen against the Rebels. Um, there's a lot going on with the the Rebels right now in terms of injuries. They yeah. they have to get Donovan Williams back to get consistently going in the right direction. We can break down the the Boise game a little later on. I did want to point out that the Lady Rebels played on Saturday. Uh, I did that game for your view, and San Diego State played a really tough game, but Lady Rebels overcame some foul trouble, overcame some turnovers. And Essence Booker was awesome again with 23. Hmm. 
Desiree Young at 14 and 13. When Desiree got in foul trouble, Obi Iser came off the bench. She was a beast inside. Some key moves that stymied, stemmed the tide on a San Diego State run. So that's 20 wins. 20 wins for uh, Lindy LaRock and 10 in a row now. 10 wins in a row. Coming up, we'll start getting into the other stuff in this Super Bowl 56. We'll get the grades on the halftime show. And, of course, I always disagree with the number one choice for the commercials. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. To the Rams' credit, they had the culture. They had things in place to have guys understand that, hey, we're not here for kicks and giggles. We're here because we want to win a Super Bowl. And if we don't do that, it will be a monumental failure on our part. They got the job done. And I think it's some serious credence to the idea that McVay may retire because he put all his chips in with this season. Now, back to Cofield and Company. ESPN Las Vegas. LA Rams get it done. It's Cofield and Company here on a Monday following Super Bowl 56. Willie Ramirez in as well. Ari is here. And most important thing with putting all the chips in was Matt Stafford. I think most of us feel good for Matt Stafford. I'm, I'm sure this guy does. He played with Stafford. Detroit Lions. Oregon guy. Green Valley guy. Vegas hometown hero. NFL player Tyrell Crosby is up with Cofield and Company. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? We're good. We're good. So, tell us how you <laughs> felt yesterday watching uh, Stafford get it done. Oh, I'm so proud of him. Uh, just knowing the type of person he is, how hard he works. I can only imagine how much studying he did before this game to make sure he could perform as best as he could. So, it is awesome to see him hold that trophy up. What type of person is he? Uh... Off the field, he's kind of quiet, just funny, just like a normal person. On the field, you can just tell he everything about him just intensifies. He's just laser-focused. Uh, and he's just a really good teammate who you can uh, count on time after time. And he seems like a guy, because he's so even keel that adversity doesn't get to him. And we're seeing, Tyrell, we're seeing some other quarterbacks kind of freak out about being a quarterback in the NFL. It's a tough job. Baker Mayfield <laughs> Baker Mayfield did not have a good year off the field. We're seeing, I don't know what's going on in Arizona with Kyler Murray. You know, maybe there's some pressure there or the blame game and all that. That's, that's what impresses me the most. Matt Stafford has been beat up by those of us in the media and some fans for 10-plus years, and he still just is steady. Yep. He is truly one of a kind in that regard. Uh, he just, whatever the issue is, he will take it all, put whatever blame it is on his shoulder, and he, he just runs with it and just performs under pressure. And it's it's not like every quarterback in the league is like that. So, he, uh, in my opinion, he's truly a special quarterback. Terrell, i got to ask you, because we were talking about this just a few minutes ago, is one of the things that, you know, this kid is, you know, they call it stating, uh, padding his stats or whatever, but... <laughs> Uh, Pat Stafford Pat, was Pat one of the Stafford. dumbest nicknames ever. But Terrell, one of the things I noticed is that he he doesn't talk about even keel. Like he doesn't seem to get agitated by the outside noise because a lot of quarterbacks or or the stars of teams will fire back, whether it's social media or in press conferences. You're an offensive tackle for him. You mm-hmm. you, you you built a relationship. How does he maintain? Is that something that just kind of rolls off his back and he keeps himself? Uh, he's just confident in himself. That's the biggest thing. For example, um, back in 2020, when we were playing at Atlanta and we had that uh, that last-minute drive to win it, 
the man was as cool as possible, and you could just tell he doesn't let the outside affect him. He's confident in, in himself, and he just knows his ability, and <laughs> his ability is he can perform under pressure. And i got to ask you on the other side, when you're watching yeah. a game like yesterday and Joe Burrow hits the ground however many times it is, seven, eight times, and but he keeps coming back and he keeps his team in the game, how impressive is that? I mean, Joe Burrow is a tough guy. Like, nothing but the most highest respect for him. And just to watch him get up countless times after taking some big hits. One series, he came off limping. Uh, I think it was like something with his leg kind of looked like it got hurt a little bit. But to watch him just limp off the field, come back out next series, and just look like he was right before he got hurt was incredible. Um, As an O-lineman, it makes you want to block him better because you feel like you could tell that he is giving it his all. So you feel horrible if you ever let your man touch him. Speaking of Tyrell Crosby of the Detroit Lions, Oregon, and of course, local star, hometown hero, Tyrell. <laughs> uh, so, so I got to ask you some fun stuff here. Uh, you know, there was a, it's games focused in LA. They bring in Dre and, and Snoop and the halftime, uh, show but also this game being played in black history month you had Mm -hmm. three national anthems or or excuse me not three you had two national anthems the black national anthem the national anthem you had god bless america there was so much infused into this um just your thoughts on the the tone of it with everything that's gone on the last few years in terms of social justice and so on and so forth and and what the, the efforts that were put in by the league yeah so um for me i I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the first time, uh, let me see. I want to say I heard the uh, Black National Anthem for the first time was, I want to say either before the Chicago Lions game two years ago or the Atlanta Chicago or Detroit game. Can't remember exactly off the top of my head. And that was my first time like actually listening to it. And like, I knew it was a thing. I just never. I just that's where I left it. I I just knew it was a thing. <laughs> um, so to hear, see the NFL incorporating it in games such as such as a big game like the Super Bowl was awesome, um, just to help spread awareness and just really promote equality. I saw you tweet that for you this was one of your uh, favorite shows, halftime shows from a personal standpoint. Yeah. Why? Oh my gosh, because that was like my childhood right there. <laughs> I love Dre. Like I love NWA. Uh, Eminem was one of my favorite rappers growing up. And then having the privilege to see him in person when I was in Detroit, because um, he was one of the guest captains. Uh, it was awesome. 50 Cent was great. Mary J. Blige was awesome. I'm like, Snoop was Snoop. It was a phenomenal time. Um, Kendrick, everything about his performance is incredible. So um, I felt like they all worked together really well, synergized off each other, and it just truly performed an amazing show. Where were you watching? Were you around a lot of people? Uh, no, I was just at my buddy's house. Uh, we okay. watched it in the backyard. <laughs> okay, so I can tell you, um, I was out and about, um, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out at a bar. I talked to a sportsbook director at a massive party last night, and both of those places, like people were singing along, but they were also clapping throughout, and they clapped at the end. And I know there's been some great Super Bowl halftime shows. I don't remember where I was hanging out, and people in the room were like completely fixated on it and clapping to that level. Same with me. That's why. I- me, it was something like so special just because I'm so used to watching it 
oh, well, like, I go on into halftime, and that's where you go to your bathroom breaks. Yep. You go to the, like, run to the store real fast to pick up whatever you need, or just that's kind of your break. It's not so much that halftime show is not for the viewer, but so like, the people actually there. And yesterday's performance, I was glued to the TV. I didn't want to leave for anything. Let's talk offensive line play first on the Rams side. First of all, the fact that Whitworth was still playing at 40 years old, protecting the blind side, I mean, in a Super Bowl, is just insane. It's uh, its incredible. To do what he's doing at that age and as consistent as he's been, he's truly a future Hall of Famer. Talk about the interior line work, and we'll start with you know center out to right tackle. What's it like when you know, you're going against a guy like Aaron Donald, and did you kind of feel bad for him that, you know, and they're trying all they can, but they just couldn't contain him? I mean, <laughs> honestly, like if you're watching that as a lineman sitting on the outside, like looking in, you do feel bad for him because you yeah. just, you know how good of a player he is. Aaron Donald truly is a game wrecker, and you have to scheme for him. He's truly one of a kind, and I, I did feel bad for the O-lineman because he's, He's truly that good. Um, the amount of respect I have for Aaron Donald is through the roof. And, I mean, his worth ethic is second to none. And it showed yesterday. And I, I was a little glad I that wasn't me having to block him. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing around the league, you know, the high-end guys on offense are getting paid a ton of money. You know, the outside guys on the offensive line can make some money. But we've seen the last two Super Bowls. If your interior line is not set to go, it's – not impossible to win. It makes it a lot tougher. Exactly. And that's what any O-lineman knows. It's every game is start up front. I mean, if you don't have an O-lineman, you're going to have a long day in that football game. It showed last night. It showed last year with the, the Chiefs and the tackles being out. Um, everything fundamentally on the offense starts up front. I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in college football. First of all, are you annoyed at Cristobal for leaving Oregon? No, I mean, Chris Ball's my guy. I have a lot of respect for him. Okay. When he was my O-line coach, I mean, loved the man to death. Uh, he reached out to me and gave me an amazing note. Just, and he's always been there for me. So I'm happy to see him going home, being able to be the head coach of the team he played for, the team that he he wore the helmet for. Because um, I know it was a hard decision for him, but a decision that ultimately was best for himself, his family, and, I mean, I just hope I'm nothing but the, the best. Did you like the choice of landing to take over? Oh, yeah. That was – I, me personally, because, I mean, I've been so caught up, had no idea who Coach Landings was prior to the announcement. And then right after, I started trying to, like, dig it deep into his, like, background. I'm like, this is a really good hire that I'm very excited about. Tyrell Crosby with us. Hometown hero, NFL player, uh, last one on Oregon. Should the Ducks now be afraid of USC? Um, oh, I, I thought you'd fire a... back right <laughs> away. No, there was a hesitation. Oh, no. <laughs> It'll be a good – it's good for the Pac-12 it is. to have a coach like Lincoln Riley and the uh, SC. So when the SC is doing well, the Pac-12 is doing good. Um, and, I mean, the South needs more competition, especially <laughs> the past few years it's yeah. been – it's been so much Utah, so him going to SC, I feel like it, as a whole for the Pac-12, it's going to be nothing but good and just bring more attention to the Pac-12. And, I mean, it'll make for a more interesting uh, Pac-12 game. So, Terrell, i got to ask you, you know, let's, let's bring it back here to the hometown. 
mm-hmm. for, former former Oregon OC leading leading UNLV to its first couple of wins in a couple of years, and I personally think that this team can get to a bowl. Uh, your thoughts on Marcus Arroyo and and what he's doing here at UNLV? Yep, I have a uh, a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Arroyo, uh, and I mean his recruiting ability. I've <laughs> I've lived in Nevada the past twenty years, haven't seen many recruits like the guy he's bringing in, which sets the uh, sets like that fundamental stage of a winning program. So I'm very excited for everything he's going to accomplish and has accomplished at UNLV so far. Last couple of uh, NFL hot b- button issues going into the offseason. Aaron Rodgers going to stay in Green Bay or go elsewhere? Uh, I personally think he's out of Green Bay. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of just back and forth. and I don't know where he's going, but I, I do think he's going to be out of, out of Green Bay. Tom Brady really retired or kind of retired? I don't know. The dude is relentless. Um, I have <laughs> it's like, just stop, so much stop. praise for Tom Brady and doing it at that age. It's unbelievable. And like, cause we had a joint practice with them one time. So I was watching it live, like in a practice setting and it's every play he competes every time. It's like, I can't truly put into words how much of a competitor he is at his drive to win and drive to be great. So that's like the hard part. It's like, I don't know if he's truly retired or not. If not, yep. but regardless if he is, I mean, for sure one of the best football players to ever play. And last one, what do you think of the NFL not only coming to Vegas with the Raiders, but like really embracing what we do here with sports gambling and giving us more and more events? We just had the Pro Bowl. The draft is on the way. I mean, for you know someone who uh, you know grew up here, went to high school here, this is crazy, isn't it? The change with the NFL's attitude towards Vegas. Yeah, so like growing up, I'd always heard, oh, the NFL team can't work here. Sports teams can't work here. Well, you bring in the Knights. And they go to the Stanley Cup, or they don't win it, but they go to the, the championship first year. And the entire crowd, or the t- entire city, crowds around them and throws so much support their way. And then you get news that the Raiders are coming. And unfortunately, their first year here, you have COVID, so there's no fans in the stadium. So you can't truly see how much support they have other than like driving around and seeing all the signs. But earlier this year, I was able to make a game just to go watch one of my brother works in the wind club. So I was just down there like my brother. Nice. But you see it was a Miami Raiders game and you just can see how much love this city has for that team. That is one of the most enjoyable atmospheres I've ever been out, been in during a football game. And it was just, and I wasn't even playing in it. I was just there as a fan and a, just to support. And it was awesome to see the city rally around an NFL team being here. Tyrell, that was awesome, man. We'd love to get you on before the draft to kind of break down the uh, the offensive lineman, defensive lineman. That would be awesome. But uh, thanks for so much time today. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. There he is. Oregon player, was with the Lions. Vegas area guy. Tyrell Crosby doing stuff for charity as well. Uh, Super Bowl week, he was helping out. And to build on what's coming up here for Vegas, like it doesn't, it doesn't slow down. It doesn't slow down at all. Obviously, now we've got Jack Eichel coming back this week, right? So the rest of the NHL season, we got the Aces going with their million dollar coach Becky Hammond. That starts you know middle of May into June. We've got the NFL draft. We've got what five or six conference tournaments coming, which is going to be I'm telling you, conference tourney week or weeks here going to be freaking awesome. And don't forget, we got two weeks left 
Athletes Unlimited, I'm watching some fantastic women's basketball. Natasha Cloud. In one game, there was like four WNBA rings out there. So some really good stuff going on right now. Four o'clock hour, we're going to try to uh, hook up with a uh, Bengals great to break down what happened to poor Cincinnati in this one. And as I promised, uh, more on the halftime show. Your home for UNLV Athletics is right here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas.